All right, we're 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 making a recording right now. So I don't know what. Like I had internet for like two hours, yeah. And then like four thirty rolls around, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch some wrestling because I'm way behind because I haven't had my goddamn computer. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I click on the WWE Network tab, my internet goes out, and like I literally had just been like double checking my paypal account and listening to music on google play because i was thinking of buying some music so i don't know if the network somehow like overtaxed it and decided to crash or what the fuck, but that doesn't make sense i don't know i don't understand like it, it was like shitty timing well but i was just pissed off <laughs> dude fair enough because it's like we've been fighting with this for how long too long yeah so yeah anybody who hasn't guessed we're doing a bonus episode this week because we've been having technical issues with stuff and I was gone most of the weekend, and yeah, so it's. So we tried having a real episode. <laughs> we did. We had a we had a solid topic. It was going to be epic, and then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was going to be fine. But... <laughs> it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then two minutes into the recording, my internet conked out again. <laughs> I think basically, like, there's a big chunk of silence from when you like completely when your internet went to shit, like, just on the recording of me just like sighing heavily. Like, <laughs> like, uh, great, great. If you heard my audio, it was full of swearing and then me making random noises to myself because <laughs> I literally can't sit with my headphones on and my mic going without making noises to myself. I don't know why. Fair enough. I can sit quiet. I've learned and stuff. But... Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a bonus episode, so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if this one's going to have a cohesive thing like some of our other ones have had, as cohesive as those have been. But I actually had something I was going to tell you about that, I'm, uh, <laughs> that I, I put off and everything like that. Oh, really? Uh, so the game thing, if you remember that we were talking about. Game. I was talking about um, uh, using using mechanics to... Uh, uh, create an emotional attachment with your game, or basically create the like emotional feel of your game. All right. Yeah. I don't know if you remember our slight discussion about that. Kind of. And I made a comment about a game, and I said this is probably the best game design decision they ever made. <laughs> I remember you saying that. Yeah. I don't remember what the game was about, though. So I... the game is uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Oh yeah, and now I'm like, you should explain it to me, and you're like, I can't. Yep. It's it's complex. Um, so, um, before I get into the spoilery parts, because it's going to be spoilery parts. So, uh, pre spoilers here. So basically, the game is is um, uh, it's an like an adventure game, and you yep. play these two brothers at the same time, an older brother and a younger brother, and the controls are the simplest thing ever, um, but so perfect. Um, so. You know how most modern controllers have a left stick and a right stick? Yep. That moves each individual brother. So the left stick moves like the younger brother, the right stick moves the older brother. Makes sense. So so each side of the controller also has a trigger. That is your activate for each of them. <laughs> so to activate the younger brother, you hit the le- the left trigger to activate the to make the uh, older brother do something, you hit the right trigger or vice versa, whatever it is. But you know, one is controlled by yeah. one thing. That is the entire control scheme for the game. All right. And it is, um, it, it's so simple yet so brilliant. It's like a puzzle adventure game kind of thing. Uh-huh. So like, so like the older brother can lift heavier things, and um, 
move things, you know, do and reach higher stuff and blah blah blah, things like that. Well, the well, the younger brother can get through smaller gaps and is lighter, so he won't do certain, you know, won't break ice or something like that. I think I think that's a mechanic in the game. I can't remember, but I'm uh, so you're constantly going through these things and you can like team up with them and stuff stuff like that. Okay, you're never gonna play this game. Uh, this is, unlikely. Uh, I've yeah, heard unlikely. good things about it before you started talking about it, but yeah. It, I'm I'm glad I played the game. I did not appreciate I did not appreciate the game until I watched the speed run of it at, at like AGKDQ 2017 or something like that. <laughs> uh, no no joke. Look up uh look up the speed run for this game. The AGDQ speed run for this game uh, is either AGDQ or SGDQ. I can't remember which one. But I'm yeah, uh, there's a GDQ way. run of it and the run the guy who did the run um phenomenal commentary and he's actually the one that really explained this. Um, so if you want like a good explanation, go listen to him. And it's absolutely brilliant. But I'm uh, so spoilers, spoilers from now on, um, probably for like the next five, ten minutes. So maybe longer. But um, so if you don't want brothers spoiled, don't listen to this episode until you go play it. It is worth a play. Um, but OK, so you go through this whole game like, you know, like this older, younger brother, and you're doing stuff. And a lot of times you have to do things together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hit a point near the end of the game where the older brother gets, you, you like fight this big spider demon thing, and um, the older brother gets poisoned by it, and you and you have to like go get a cure with the younger brother really quick because the whole game is actually your father's sick, so you go out to get this herb to like save him and stuff like that. Um, but um, so you have this part, and so you get back with the cure for the the older brother. He's dead. And savage. That's that. Sad, dude. The game is fucking savage. <laughs> no joke. The, no. Damn. Like, no, it's fucking savage. Um, because they also slow roll you on it. Because there's like a vision of like the little brother has like a vision of the um, like the the other brother's like dead on the ground and the little brother's like crying and like falls asleep like on him or next to him or something like that and has a dream about him like waking up and being okay and then like he's just dead like mm-hmm. and you have to like bury him. <laughs> um, it's it's savage um but so this happens so the absolute brilliance of it about it though is that that end piece of the game um you are now playing as just the younger brother so you are literally playing the game one-handed like like an entire part of your body is practically dead you can literally just sit there with one hand on the controller playing playing through that part of the game so um the last part of the game is the younger brother going back to to town to bring this er- the herb to save his father and everything. Um, and you're playing it... You've gone through this whole part and you're playing it one-handed. Well, a big thing throughout the game is, is that the little, little brother cannot swim. In order to swim, what you actually have to do is take the big brother... You take the little brother up to him, activate it. He'll hold on to the, the big brother and then swim across and everything like that. So the game takes you to this one part. It's on a beach... Um, and it's like dark and stuff like that. Um, and you've been playing, you've been playing the game long enough one-handed where it's like that, that other half of your body is dead. You don't even know it exists. And you come up to this body of water (laughs) and it's a small area, which is very obviously by the developers. So you can wander around a little bit, but not too far. Um, and you like, the only way to do anything is to swim across it. And if you try to swim across it, it does not work. And so, and you spend a little time, time doing this and everything, but the solution to the puzzle is, is you start swimming across as a little brother 
and press the older brother's trigger. Hmm. And and that enables you to swim. And then the last few few parts of the game is you use that trigger to do things that you couldn't do before, like reach higher ledges or lift something that's too heavy or something like that. And like when you realize that whole like that single piece, like literally to solve that entire puzzle, like the guy in the video is like he's like this he's like this is what you do, and he holds up the controller, takes one finger, and just presses the trigger, and he's like that is the most brilliant game design decision that has happened in in modern gaming, like. And the whole thing reinforces the emotional tone of the game so well, that whole concept of loss and growing up and taking that part of somebody else and moving on. Like it's, it's astounding how, how impactful that single, single simple design decision of pressing a single button is for that entire game. That's some heavy shit. God damn. Isn't it? It's, <laughs> like, dude, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, go, uh, go, go listen to the speedrun. Like, because it's a speedrun and stuff like that. He does a very good job of making it entertaining, too, for the first parts and stuff. But when he starts talking about that part of the game, he's, like, dead serious through it and stuff like that. And, like, uh, he, oh, man. Like, it's just, it, it is so emotionally impactful. Like, and... I'm trying to. I've, I've been trying to think of other games that use their mechanical elements like that to to create an emotional impact. Like the brilliance of that whole game is is that the mechanics um, melds. Uh, they they create the experience. Like that game would not be the same without that mechanical element to it. Yeah. Like, the, the twin the twin stick whole function of it. And the game designer is just basically giving you enough time to totally get used to using your one hand and forgetting about that other hand being there and something that you can use. Like, it's, it's, it's astounding. Like it's, and honestly, like I'm as as the game as a whole, I'm kind of lukewarm on. Like it was a fine game. I wasn't disappointed. I played it, but I wasn't like this is one of the greatest games ever. Like some people have said. But like yeah. that one de- that one decision is so good that I I respect the game for it. Like. And, and the mechanic, the mechanics as a whole, like the game as a whole, was was is res, I respect it, but I just don't think I didn't love it as much as some things. Well, that actually reminds me a lot of Bioshock, right? Which <laughs> is like Bioshock is one of those games that I think everybody should play. Yeah, like so spoilers for Bioshock. I'm sure coming up here. Well, the no, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it. I just I think yep. everyone should play Bioshock because like yes. as a first person shooter, it's it's a it's it's an average first person shooter like, like I know, it's it's a slightly above average first it was person it was above average it was like there was i personally didn't encounter any bugs like you know the weapon modifications were cool the yep. use of the plasmids was interesting like mm-hmm. bioshock was like, not a game that that did incredibly well on, it, on its mechanical merits though no like it was absolutely gorgeous do, do you know I, I think i've said this before probably in the last episode we talked about games the reason Bioshock was phenomenal is it did environment perfect. Yes, like, it did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, and the environments were also different in each level, which was just like you know, and like they always gave you like this whole like you know what am I going to encounter here? Oh look, there's yep. blood everywhere! Like <laughs> the first time with that freaking plastic surgeon who just disappears. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, 
it did atmosphere so well, and it just did like emotional like gut punches so well. Yeah. That I still think that of all like of any video <laughs> game I have ever played that has the best big reveal of it. Like and and there's yeah you know there's some movies out there and stuff that like people are like or like books and some people are like this is so good I will not spoil it for anyone like no matter how much time has gone by. Bioshock is one of those things. It's like there's people I'm, I talk to. I'm like just in case you play Bioshock, I'm not going to tell you what the spoiler is in it. Yeah, like, like I because I it's will... that good. I, I'm I'm not going to say it on here either because it's literally. It's one of the most it's one of those common... things I think people should I think people should experience it. Yeah, it's almost impossible for people who have not been spoiled on Bioshock yet, but for those who haven't, they need to play it. Like yeah, it's also just go play it's, it. it's five goddamn dollars. Like... It's like five bucks on Steam, it's a few it's a few hours of your time. Just play it on easy. It's worth the time. Like that's a Bioshock was really, really good. Bioshock two is okay. Bioshock three is Infinite. Fine. Yeah. Dude, Inf- I loved Infinite. I thought Infinite was great. It's definitely better than two. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't think it's quite as good as as one. as a as a straight up game. It is better than one. But as a it 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 does environment very well, but it does not do it as good as one. Yeah, I that's my opinion. I think I think it's a solidly better game. I think the thing that turned me off the most about three was the Big Daddy equivalents. Yeah, they were kind of dumb. I just the mechanics behind them, like the Big Daddies, you could set up for right, and those things were just a pain in the goddamn ass. I think they intentionally did that so you couldn't set up for stuff. Yeah, in some places, but but as a result, like all it became was just like a ten minute running backwards in a circle. Yeah, and it just like every time one of them came out, it just severely pulled me out of the game. Like the immersion just wasn't there anymore. Fair enough. And like the Bioshock games, you need to be immersed in the game. Like you need to be, <laughs> you need to put yourself in the game to truly experience them. Yeah, and be prepared to change your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> like the one thing, as I said, I've said before too, the one thing that Bioshock games did really well was the companion, like Elizabeth was probably one of the best designed companions in the world ever. Absolutely. Like, mechanically and emotionally. Like, you gave a shit about her, and mechanically, like, I think she blocked my way once. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I think she she maybe blocked my way once, but I think, like, the best thing they did was give her the ability to teleport whenever you weren't looking at her. Exactly. Just and keep her out of your goddamn it's, way. It's like, they keep her out of your way, they keep her near you, they keep her... They don't she doesn't impede you or anything like that. It's not like Skyrim where it's like you have a follow and you're like, get out of my way. Like, yeah. and you spend the next 10 minutes just pushing them out of the way so you can go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, Shock is a good series of games. Like yeah, even, even two wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. The story was fine. The way everything wound up playing out was really interesting in the ends. You get a really good attach attack, not what word? Attachment. Yeah, attachment. There you go. You get a really good attachment to the little sisters in two. Okay. Which is cool, but. Um. Actually, I was was just continuing. I was trying to think, like, to go back to the original point. Was there? I'm trying to think if there's any other games that did a uh, mechanical used mechanics to reinforce the emotion of the game. I personally don't know one, but I also haven't been playing much games lately. That's fair. Like, 
because I can think of a lot that have like really good environment or like pull you in in some way, but like none that use a, a, a mechanical element to do it or do yeah. it well at least. Oh, I was gonna say I almost forgot. Um, another game that has a it's nowhere near as good of a, of a reveal as either of the Bioshock games, and it's more just like massively depressing. <laughs> but Spec Ops Line had a pretty good one. Oh, I'm I'm still going through that one. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It just makes you depressed. I think some. I think that's one of the ones that like somebody said they're like they're like you play through this game and make hard decisions and at the end you realize you're the bad guy or something like that. <laughs> yes. But, uh, so I'm kind of interested to see how that's executed. But like so far, I've been playing and I'm like it's like a mediocre shooter. But yeah, it, it is a highly mediocre shooter. The game mechanics are once again fine. They're not bad. They're below average, I would say. Yeah. But yeah shitty things happen <laughs> that's that's kind of what i've heard i've heard but yeah uh, yeah i don't know I, I just that was just what i was thinking about with that whole thing just that one game but yeah, i don't know I, I keep trying to think of them and stuff like that but it's like hmm. yeah i i also don't necessarily play games like you know that normally, huh. like the the kind of game I play games that allow me to just like veg out and shoot shit usually. So or magic. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't. Well, Rosewater's gone in, in depth about using mechanics to sort of create that thing. Like his big one that he talks about is a um, uh, uh, Nephrexia, or uh, yeah, Scars of Mirrodin Block or whatever like that. Yeah, the whole to, flow of it. And trying to create that um, uh sort of you know, the feel of the Phyrexians kind of thing. Or even even Innistrad with, like, Morbid and creating that sense of dread. Which works very well. Like, Magic is very, very good at when it comes to flavor and impact of stuff. But mm-hmm. obviously you're not going to have some big, huge emotional shift as you can from a video game. It's just such so, a, yeah, it's such a different thing. But, like, it's still, I mean, it's still a game that... That, that, that is. is trying to trigger something like that, but yeah, it's it's just less impactful when you interact with it so regularly. Yeah. I think maybe it's just me, but maybe yeah. I, I also do things that think that video gaming is like the going to be like the ultimate realization of ingesting media. Oh, dude, I totally agree. Like, Bioshock gave me the first hint that that was reality. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just been slowly coming more to fruition as time went on, where it's, like, it's the fact that it's just the immersion of it, where, like, you're, if, when you truly play a game, you're not playing the game, you're in the game. Mm-hmm. You are whatever the avatar is you are playing as. And as a result, like, if the game is well made, anything that happens happens to you personally it will leave you with an emotional feeling just because of how especially first person games work no you know, like, even, i don't think it even has to be first person it doesn't have to be but it, it allows for a more close um immersion if it is first person yeah, but you know maybe. like i did have an emotional reaction when i played the gears of war games which they're not exceptional games they're very very predictable what's going to happen but i grew attached to the people in that game mm-hmm. and it's like it's the same thing with like bioshocks like yeah. you get attached to elizabeth you care about elizabeth anything that happens to elizabeth impacts you in yeah. bioshock 
one, you are your avatar. You are in a claustrophobic, under-the-ocean, barely held back by glass. Yeah. You know, and, and, house. and when the big reveal happens, you're mad. Yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> like, it's... And, like, movies rarely give me that sort of impact. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't... Like, And I watch a lot of movies. I really enjoy watching movies. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge... Uh, whatever the hell they call it, cinemaphile. Like, I don't... I don't believe you that a lot... of movies, though. <laughs> watch a lot of bad movies but i also watch a lot of good movies okay i still think one of the best movies i've ever watched was district nine and that like that movie was fine it got a little off the rails in the third act but i think that movie was really really good the the beginning was done phenomenally yeah like the beginning and the middle were good the end was kind of like the third act was eh the very final like scene was all right, you know. Sure, we'll it, let it go. They, end, they ended it on an okay note. It's like yeah. sure, whatever, right? But like, I really like District Nine. You know, like I watch a lot of bad movies, but I do enjoy watching movies that leave an impact. Like, um, you probably or you you know, um, Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> like that that was an actually very well made movie, and that movie that really really yeah. impacted me. Like it makes you think about things, yeah, that you don't necessarily think about in your normal everyday life, mm-hmm. until someone brings up the question of what is sentience. Well, I've watched a lot of Star Trek, so it's kind of yeah. <laughs> you watched a lot of Data, <laughs> yes, but yeah, I don't know. It's I think there's a lot of different construction to games in that matter to some degree because like it's funny you're talking about like the first person ones getting you with the more of the immersion like the the like three games that i think of that got me more immersed actually four that i'm thinking of now that like really drew me in like that are all rpgs (laughs) which is fair yeah i remember getting very very attached to the two oracles and oracle of seasons and oracle of ages (laughs) okay i've never played that one but they were, I think they were like Game Boy Color only or Game Boy Advance or whatever. Yeah. But um, the way you played it was you played through one, which then gave you a code to play through the other, to basically carry over into the other, which gave you another code to replay the first one, which gave you another code to replay the second one. Oh, interesting. And like you play, so you know, you're playing through both games effectively twice as you own both of them. Uh-huh. But it's like, I don't know why, but like the. The way that the two different oracles were portrayed was like very endearing to me when I was a young kid. Obviously, oh yeah, I was like thirteen and some shit. But you know, you know, it's obviously I'm not like it's really hard to put yourself in the actual shoes of Link. So it's not like I'm hyper immersed in it. But like in yeah. the actual story, you know, I grew attached to the oracles. Mm-hmm. Seventeen years ago, yeah, <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> I mean, like, the only, like, I don't think any Zelda games have ever done that for me, but, I mean, like, the games that, like, really draw me, drew me in emotionally were, like, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. That one's huge, because, and the funny thing is, is that's one of those games that, like, doesn't do anything new. Nope. Like, it didn't, it didn't innovate much. Like, it was just really well done. Which is kind of funny, because I feel like a lot of the ones are, like, ones that do something different. But I'm, uh, 
and I think you should play this one, but Undertale. I've heard a lot of good things about it. But... It's it's a really good game. It's worth at least one playthrough just to just to experience it. I mean, <laughs> any 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 game that makes John Grant a question his you know desire to murder tons of kobolds, I guess, is <laughs> something worthwhile. But <laughs> the uh, I was like. I think the reason why I got so attached to those two Zelda games specifically mm-hmm. is because those are like the, I think they're like the first games I really played as a kid that actually had characters that you could get attached to. Because, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with any sort of console ever. The first console I had was when I bought myself, I bought myself a Xbox 360, mm-hmm. you know, and I had like a Game Boy Color, but you know the games I had on that were Pokemon, which, which okay, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really hard to get attached to people and the characters in Pokemon, right? Like, yeah, I guess, and you like you know, to your team, Donkey Kong Country, phenomenal game, but I agree. Yeah, like you don't get attached to it like that, but it's like you know, but I had, um, I think it was Link's Awakening. Yep, that's the that's the first one I played on Game Boy with Marin or whatever her name yep. was. <laughs> yep. And, you know, like, you know, like, I that, think that I played character. that yeah. a little too early and never really got attached. Like, you know, she was obviously the person I was trying to save, but, like, you know, I, because I played that, I wound up playing the other games. And I think, like, I don't know why, but I, I just got attached to those, uh, you know, females in distress <laughs> more than I did in uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I think one that's really well designed, like that was Earthbound. I mean, I'm sure you've never played that one. No. And I'm guessing you don't. I guess you don't have like the forty hours to devote devote to it. But I've heard many things about it. But <laughs> it's a phenomenal game. And considering that one person described it as a cross between uh, Cthulhu and Peanuts, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I do like me some Peanuts. I mean, Snoopy and the Red Baron meets Cthulhu is something, right? But I'm uh. So the funny thing is, is about that one. It's like, it's, it, it's, part of it was when it was put out. It was so different from everything else. Like, mm-hmm. there was no RPG that was like you walk around in, you know, a normal town and eat hamburgers and stuff like that. As weird as that sounds, everything was high fantasy for the most part. But you like go through this game like meeting different characters and having to help them and stuff like that and so spoiler for <laughs> earth bond bound anyone at the end the like the whole game is this really weird cartooniness to it mm-hmm. and like the final boss is just like this it's scary as hell man <laughs> like yeah it's really, really I... weird and like you can't actually like like the way you beat the boss is like there's a couple phases of it, you know, and you uh, you fight it, um, it, it, like for a couple phases and stuff like that. And the final phase, you cannot kill it with damage. Um, you actually have to use one of your character's abilities um, to uh, like, in true like anime fashion, sort of, like call on the help of your friends. And so like it goes back to all these kids. Like you have to do it seven times or something like that. And each time you do it, it goes back to like different groups of these characters that you've helped throughout the thing, like, and um, you know, it's basically them like, you know, 
praying for you or hoping for you and stuff like that so it's it, it's such a weird game by comparison like and like that's how you get through the whole thing and like that the ending of the game is such so different from everything before it that it's really really jarring and it's it's very intentionally designed by that but like if you go look up any of the stuff about that game it's just like it, there were a lot of very specific design decisions that um uh, the the guy you made it put into it it's really interesting and horrifying and horrifying in some ways well the, I, the thing I, is is though it's it's a game about growing up is the thing yeah like so like the whole throughout the whole first part of the game there are a lot of like really weird and kind of terrible things happening but like it's all it's all through like a colorful nice lens if that makes sense because as a child you don't notice when horrible things are horrible exactly and and the the final boss is actually like the way he described it he's he's like this is the moment like he he's trying to represent the moment he lost his innocence basically is what it was Mm -hmm. like and 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 could see that darkness in the world to some degree. So it's like a, I don't know. It's it's one of those really weird games that like some some people are really really into, but a lot of people just like it's it never like really hit it. But it has like a huge cult following, kind of. Yeah. Maybe that's when that the mechanics do something to you then, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it, the game was really weird because it was literally like, you know the main character could get a status affliction of homesickness like and it and you would like lose turns and stuff like in combat because you felt homesick and everything like that and the way you would fix it is you had to like there were phones all over and you'd have to call your mom <laughs> like it but then you know on the like parts of the other parts of the game it's like over the top and fantasy stuff like that so there's this like weird grounding element to it in some ways that's still that's actually a really interesting mechanic though like it was i don't know like yeah it was it was a it was an interesting game like i i still would highly recommend people go play that one because it's it's a great experience still like that's that's one of those ones that still holds up like some of the mechanical aspects are a little eh, because it has that uh you know 90s jrpg style to it like chrono trigger shows that through a little bit too but for the most part it's it's very very good and the the, roll, the rolling hit point system is something i wish they included in every single rpg rolling hit points yeah so you know how like so like suppose you have like 300 hit points yep and an enemy hits you for 400 <laughs> um in most rpgs you just die yep like so in this one it says you take lethal damage and um your uh your hit points actually do like a countdown they roll down quickly so you don't you can actually like get some turns in um before your character passes out oh really yeah and if you finish the battle before that before it hits zero you you uh survive it stops at that amount of hit points that's actually really cool so you can like so if something happens like that you can go through your actions really quick and like heal one of your characters to get them to back up or something like that there's it's really cool like that was a really like a really cool mechanical decision that they did I actually really like that. That is that is something more games should do. Yeah, it was really it was really cool because it and it did kind of um uh, do some fun things because it did create a sense of tension too. Like you know, it's how many RPGs have you played where you go up to a boss and it's like you know, oh I went into this overleveled area one shot and then that's it's like okay, <laughs> there, there's no tension to it. Yeah. Whereas like if this one, if you're in a close fight or something like that, or even you're fighting something that's stronger than you, it's like you can 
you can do things. You're you're going through some of your actions kind of frantic to try to get this stuff. So it actually does like you know create this sense of urgency in you and everything. See, that's one of those things. Like that's another thing you mentioned though. Where it's like that's a mechanic that adds to the the feeling about the game. Yeah. It's like I am way overclassed and like. You, you do get into that whole immersion thing where it's like, that's probably how you'd be if you were in a fight with someone mm-hmm. who is actually capable of breaking your skull open. Yeah. Or it's like, you're just in scramble mode, right? Like, Actually, I thought of a game that does that really well. Probably too well. To the point that it made me rage quit multiple times. But I'm like, <laughs> XCOM 2. Ah. Uh, like, for all its faults, like with that, that whole time mechanic it has, like, it pushed you. It made it the game is about having a sense of desperation and making difficult choices. And mm-hmm. this, it forced you to like, and that's like the first, the first one. I really liked the early game of it because you were so, you were, you're definitely on the ropes. Like, yeah, you, the, the missions were a challenge at that point and everything. And, you constantly had to be making these difficult decisions. It's like, okay, do I upgrade my weapons so that I can kill these aliens more efficiently? Or do I upgrade my armor so my troops don't die? Like, and then when, when you, like when you make that decision and one of your like squad members dies and then now they are on, you know, and if you're not a safe scummer, like, <laughs> and now their name, their name is put on this wall in your base for the rest of the game. Like that was a really good design decision on their part too. So force you to remember everyone that has died. Yep, it it gave it a sense like a weird sense of permanency and stuff like that. Because because I think what it did is actually like you know it started out with like this blank wall and stuff like that, and yeah. as and as I'm a character as as your squad members uh, died, like you know it just showed the list up, up in front of it, but in the background it was like this wall and it started posting pictures and stuff like that on there. So, like, by the end of it, it's like, you know, you can literally go look at it and be like, this is the, you know, the life toll that this took. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, it, and like, if you look at it from a purely mechanical aspect, it doesn't add anything. Yeah, it adds but literally nothing, but it's immersive. But it was a very good design decision, I think, on their part to add that little, just that's that one little thing there that's all they needed to add yeah like that's that is a big thing too mm-hmm. is like huh yeah you know <laughs> so unrelated to gaming in any way okay but i heard an interesting question <laughs> uh pose on limited resources recently okay it was uh you're you're way behind i'm sure you probably haven't heard it i just listened to the dominaria sunset show yeah (laughs) you you haven't heard it (laughs) really wow i'm I'm (laughs) way behind uh but it was interesting question and i originally have put a i you know it's been a while since i've had a ending questions for fletcher okay also mainly because our episodes have been going over because is this magic related no, it's okay. not. Okay, then I'll allow it. All right, this is not magic-related at all. It's just an interesting thing. Okay. So, the whole premise behind the question basically comes down to 
at what point are you willing to take a loss for, for someone else to get a gain? And the way this question was posed is some random person you don't know walks up to you. Mm -hmm. And they say, I have $1,000 here. Mm -hmm. How much do I have to offer you for you to take that money and the rest of the money will disappear into nowhere? Otherwise, this $1,000 will go to a random friend of yours. Like, what are the stakes, like, in general? Like, <laughs> That's literally it. So, like, yeah. so say some random guy in a black suit with a black hat and a yeah. black briefcase walks up to you. And he's like... And assuming there's no DQ. <laughs> there's, no, there's no DQ. This yeah. is not, it's not related to anything at all. Okay. And it's like, all right, I have $1,000. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give you, you know, what is the lowest amount I can possibly give you mm -hmm. where you would take that money and be perfectly happy. Otherwise, this $1,000 will go to X random friend of yours. Now, the specifics, the reason why, like, it's very, very specific that this question is $1,000. Because... Okay. A thousand dollars is not a life-changing amount of money. Exactly. Right. Yes. It's not. It wouldn't. It wouldn't change any of your friends' lives. I assume. Mm -hmm. It would not change your life. It would be a nice little bonus for people. Yeah. It's right? It'd be like cool. All right. You know, yeah. if someone walks up and say, "Hey, I have a million dollars. Would you take half of it and in return your friend gets nothing? You take the goddamn half a million dollars. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's very specific that you know this has to be enough money where it's noticeable, but not enough money where it's life-changing. Uh -huh. And someone's so like, would you accept five hundred dollars for nothing, uh -huh. and in return, or would you instead give a friend a thousand dollars? And you know this this the, like at what number would you accept the money and your friend doesn't get the money out of a thousand? Yes. Either way, it's a free roll for somebody. I don't think it's like. That's just not enough for me to care about, as stupid as that sounds. Understandable, but <laughs> that's the whole point behind the question, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was curious what your answer like, on that would how be. How much would I take? Like, is that the cap, though? Is like $1,000 is the cap. If okay. you choose, you can either choose to give a random friend $1,000, or you. what is the lowest amount of money someone could give you? That your friend would not get a thousand dollars. I mean, since it's like zero sum, it'd have to be either all to me or all to them. Okay. Like it, th th those are the only ones that logically make sense to me. <laughs> That's fascinating. Why? Oh, just just like the way you approach things like that. Um, I believe Marshall's answer was if you gave, he would take five hundred dollars. And his friend would get nothing. Okay. Or, but anything less than five hundred, he would just give his friend a thousand dollars. Like that's just not. I don't. I just. I don't know. Like. I don't know. I think you have to either go all or like it has to either be like nothing or everything. Like. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, like. It's like either I just, get a thousand or they get a thousand. That's it. Like. Because otherwise, it's just like lost some. Like. Effectively, yes. Yeah. Like it, 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 you know, if someone's like, "I'll give you five hundred, or I'll give your friend a thousand, it just makes more sense to give your friend a thousand. Yeah, otherwise, exactly. five hundred dollars just appears nothing, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. Maybe it's just one of those before it's like, if I got that, I'd just be like, oh, cool. Like, but it's not like, woohoo, we did it. Yeah. Like that, you know, that's why it's like, you know, that's why it has to be a non important amount of money. You know, because like the lower you go, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just give it all to my friend, right? It's yeah. like, are you going to give me 50 bucks or my friend 100? You just give my friend $100. But, you know, like, $500 is a decent amount of money. I guess. Except it can't even buy you an underground sea. <laughs> True. True. So maybe maybe $500 is not that much money. Yeah. <laughs> but you know like if that if that number was to be bumped up to like 10 grand. See then now you're just, talking like then now yeah. you're talking about like this is relevant. Yeah. And like it's relevant but not the most relevant, right? Yeah. You know, like five grand isn't going to make or break your existence. But yeah. But it's, it's like it's like now we're talking kind of. Yeah. I don't know. So what what would the parameters have to be for you for you to not just make it zero sum? I don't know. I, I really don't know off the top of my head. That's a hard one. So if it was a. Someone is like, I have ten grand. How much would you take to not have a friend of yours get ten grand? See, I don't Mind know. You. I still don't know if I'm on a different answer now. Right. Like, it's it's so, like I'm like man. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the parameters would be. I'm gonna have to think about that one and get back to you. It's also really interesting to ask this question to you. Because if someone was like, I will either give you $500 or some random stranger $1,000, you're just going to take the $500. Oh, yeah, totally. Because you give no shits about anyone who is not outside of your family yeah. or friend group. Yeah, like, but if it's somebody like I gave a crap about, then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah totally. They can as soon it. as they enter that little group, it's different, right? Yeah, like... it's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> but huh. I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. I'm curious now. I'm glad I asked you this now instead of as a closer, because otherwise we'd have like an extra half hour tacked onto an episode. As I sit there and mumble and try to figure out stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm not very good with like game theory things like that either, though. It's not really a game theory thing. It's more just like a personal assessment theory, it, wouldn't it? It's kind of game theory to some degree, because you're like looking at numbers and blah blah blah, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it has to do with yeah with how I approach the world too though and stuff so mm -hmm. but all right since we since we got through this far we should probably wrap this one up and probably call it good but it was reasonable yeah for la for last my, minute and my internet held out I'm push. happy I hope it <laughs> continues to hold out so yeah I pretty much as soon as we're done i'm gonna re-go on to wwe network and see if it crashes my internet again maybe your network just hates wrestling there's really no reason why it should but i mean there's no reason for a lot of stuff but it happens like there's no reason yeah. my car should have stopped working but guess what it did so yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but speaking right. of which i still need to call firestone you should probably do that yeah all right, but I'll catch you later, man. See ya. Bye.